This is the Horse Radio Network. This is episode one of Healthy Critters Radio on the Horse Radio Network, brought to you by Biostar US. It's the first episode of Healthy Critters Radio, and we bring you Janie Schrader-Ober talking about rehabbing horses. We meet Hedwig the Pomeranian. Our breed highlight is the French Bulldog. In the nutrition corner, we will learn that hemp just isn't for smoking anymore, and we will chat about rescues in the coffee clutch. Listen in. Kicker Montague. And this is Patty Frucci, and you're listening to Healthy Critters Radio on the Horse Radio Network. Hey, Patty. Hey, Tiggs. So, I think we should tell everyone what, what why we're here together laughing and having a good time. I think that's a great idea. Well, the show is going to be about, not just about horses, um, it's going to be about all different types of critters, dogs, chickens, cats, I think we Llamas. can Llamas, a snake. <laughs> a snake, Two. yeah. But, and maybe some wild animals. There you go. That would be a great idea. But the whole purpose is to just inform some people about different things, about different types of animals, and figuring out how to keep them healthy. And uh, the show will come out twice a month. It'll be available on the 10th and the 25th. We have, And we'll have wonderful guests that are going to be able to help us and inform us on great topics from all sorts of types of critters. And we'll have nutritional advice on Which different is, foods and, and uh, herbs and, you know, how to feed these critters better. The website is healthycrittersradio.com. There's also a uh, Facebook page, which is, if you just put in the search Healthy Critters Radio, it should come up. And it will also be on iTunes and most of the major podcasts shortly, including the free Horse Radio Network app, both on iTunes and Android. And we're also going to have a cool section um, where we ask Hedwig good questions, which is a very uh, perky Pomeranian. That has more personality than probably all our dogs combined. I, was gonna, I thought you were going to say than you and me both. <laughs> well, that too. She's smarter than you and I. Pretty much. It sounds like it. Well, wonderful. And then we're going to do a little um, uh, coffee clutch about different types of things as well. So we'll have lots of information and hopefully inform people of the good stuff we're trying to do. And the coffee clutch is important because, as we all know, Patty Perucci loves her coffee. I do love my coffee. That actually gave me an idea. I should have had some coffee before we started this. And um, because I live in a rural area, the internet connection is not always reliable. So sometimes you may listen to the sound of our recordings and go, what was that? Well, I think what um, they're going to hear is that I sound crystal clear and you sound like you're in the sticks. <laughs> which is exactly the truth. Which is accurate. So, which is just accurate. Perfectly accurate. And it's, you know, it is one of the uh, downsides or bonuses of uh, living, living in, in the country. There, there you go. <laughs> yes. If we have rain, we're not going to be hearing Tigger, and I'll just be taking over the show. <laughs> yeah, which is what you want to do anyway. That's not true. <laughs> I don't know anything about herbs. <laughs> and I'm kind of afraid of Hedwig, so i got to have it, <laughs> Yeah, you do need me around for a few things. That's right. So Tigger and I met 
years ago, um, actually when one of my first trips to Florida, I don't know, was that wasn't your first trip, was it, Tigger? It was, uh, yes, it was. Well, so we both had, farm. Yep. At Foxley farm. In 1990. Oh my gosh. I still have the white fences shirt from the first white fences. Oh boy. I don't, I don't think they ever gave me a shirt. (laughs) They were hoping I wasn't going to come back. You had to buy them. Oh, there you go. See, that's what, if they weren't giving it out, I certainly wasn't going to go buy one. But I, the one thing that was very cool when I met you is I had been I had driven along uh, from New Jersey and had my mother-in-law's quarter horse thoroughbred, Sage, uh, Sage's Spy Song, who you indeed thought was a warm blood because he was such a hunk. And he you He was a hunk. And you gave me some herbs, and that was sort of um, how we sort of got into that. And then eventually I moved to Virginia where uh, you and I were able to compete next to each other. And a very cool fact is that you indeed, um, being the owner of your company, Biostar, which is a whole food product company, which is outstanding, but you literally are very involved in it because you've trained the horses all the way from training level to Grand Prix. And not a lot of people that do what you're doing in any support of a horse community like that has actually gotten on and trained horses from all the levels, which is, in my opinion, pretty darn cool. Well, thanks, Patty P. Well, you're welcome. Well, I, I remember so vividly meeting you at Foxley Farm, and this is, again, back in the winter of 1990, and there wasn't much going on. Wellington really hadn't sort of yep. started much. Yeah, I think they had maybe one dressage show. So we were primarily, the dressage people were primarily on the west coast of Florida. Right. And you made me laugh more <laughs> than anybody I have ever met. And it, 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 it created a bond. And I was so happy when you moved to Virginia because then we did get to see each other more. And we and laughed would... a lot more. Yes, yes, that is true. And then and you I was had your so children. Happy with that. And I've, yeah. I've sort of been, you know, part of their... The whole time. In distance, you know, you have yep. three children, yes, two girls and, and a son, and your girls are already college graduates, and yep. that's amazing. And um, your son is, what, what grade is he in? He's in eighth grade. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I know. It's, it's like my, my sister used to say, why did you have to have so many? <laughs> 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 they just kept coming. I thought they'd work for me better. Okay, so do you know where I met your son? I met your son when he was a few months old at Devon. Oh, my gosh. No, I didn't even realize that. No, I didn't realize that. So what a lot of people probably don't know about you, Patty, is that, you know, you are a long-listed, you were long-listed for the the Olympics in 2000 on High Life. Yes. So, um, you know, you've had a very long dressage career, trained a lot of horses, trained a lot of riders. And, you know, you have a, a fantastic reputation as someone who can work with a rider no matter what their, their challenges are, what their fears are, and really give them a tremendous amount of confidence because you, you always focus on the, the, the position, the seat, the age, and how that works. And I think when, when a coach focuses on that and not so much the actual movements, it gives a rider confidence. You know, the better you sit and move with the horse, then the movements are are just a whole lot easier. So I really have to yep. commend you for that. Well, thank you. And thank you. I appreciate that. It's always, it's been very much a passion of me to try to make this understandable and easy for anybody and not having any 
not seeing anything as a negative, always trying to make it a positive and really quite honestly making it a lot of fun um, because it, you know, and that's what's made this, our relationship so wonderful is that because we've shared that passion and then um, separately very en- ended up being passionate. I mean, you were always kind of into um, different types of forms of helping horses or helping animals. But me, uh, as we were separated for a while, I ended up getting into Whole Foods kind of on my own. And when I moved back to Virginia, that was something that really we were able to, to share and really kind of let that um, explode. And that's that's been a cool thing. It's, co- it's cool to have a friend um, for a long time that has a lot of the same interests. So now we get yeah. to do this. Now we get to do this. And, and the animal connection, not just yep. the horses. But between Patty and I, we figured out that we probably owned, you know, almost Every, all of the dog breeds yeah. in the AKC yes. or um, have considered owning um, ones that we haven't owned. We've certainly considered owning. Yeah. So um, I'm not it's done not yet. just about horses. <laughs> I'm not done yet. And I did my favorite, my favorite hat of all times is one you gave me, and it said, one can never have too many dogs. <laughs> Peter's still not over that, by the way, because he considers it your fault that I keep trying for another breed. So... <laughs> so we can talk um, much more about um, than than only horses. We can certainly talk a lot about dogs. I have chickens, um, and you and I both share an interest in in animals of all kinds. So yes, it's true. It's really sort of a perfect relationship. I believe it is. I believe it is. <laughs> and based on keeping them healthy, and that's and 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 how spiritual they can be, and how helpful they can be for yeah. um, for everyone. So. Yes, it's going to be cool. Re- it's going to be cool. They really are our teachers. They are. You know, they masquerade as as, as know, little beasts that want to, but yeah, they want to rule our lives. It, yeah, in reality, they they really are the masters. Yeah, true. That, true that. And now on to our segment on Ask Hedwig, the Pomeranian with an attitude. <laughs> This is the Ask Hedwig segment of our show. And Hedwig is a Pomeranian. She's seven years old. And she's very wise and very knowledgeable and also has great personality. So to let everybody sort of get to know Hedwig, um, Hedwig, do you want to say hello to everyone? Hi. It's so nice to be on this show. It was one of the most exciting moments of my relatively short life when I was invited to our kids. So, Hedwig, um, can you tell everyone um, a little about yourself? Of course I can. Among my favorite subjects. (laughs) I am a small dog, approximately 10 pounds. And I was in a puppy mill where I was a puppy mill mother. I was used for breeding purposes. And I was, to be fair, a little bit crazy Um, because I had never been out of a cage and I had never seen grass or been fed properly and I had never gotten to see my puppies for as long as I should have. So I was very attached to other dogs and terrified of humans who are, as you might acknowledge, quite large. So my puppy mill was busted by some really good animal rights people who knew that this was an abusive situation And I was taken in by a wonderful rescue group called New Jersey Wolf. They deal a lot 
talking about legumes. And I went to a special rehabilitation program offered by the SPCA for puppy mill dogs. And unfortunately, I did not do that well because I was still completely petrified of humans um, and deeply attached to other dogs. And so when my current human servant called New Jersey Wolf and said that she was going on sabbatical and was willing to take on the craziest dog they had to see if that dog could have a nice home, they said I was a good option because she had already adopted another puppy mill dog from them and it had gone well. That is my sister, Christabel. And so then I came home with Christabel and my current human servant and things have really improved since then. So um, can you explain why you call your uh, human a servant? What else would I call her? (laughs) Yeah, Tiggs. (laughs) Well, I don't know, like owner, master. I'm sorry. Apparently you're kidding. And this is a sort of human humor, which is different than Pomeranian humor. She's in no way my master. Are you kidding? Her only I got in it. <laughs> so, so rumor has it, Hedwig, that um, you're running for president. Wow. I am. I'm going to run, 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 run for president. And then I'm going to run, 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 run this country. So what, 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 are, what are some of your political views? Thank you for inquiring. (laughs) One of the things that I think is a significant problem is that people are stupid and lazy, and so they don't think through problems like a Pomeranian would. So, for example, the problem of genetically modified crops. Just don't genetically modify the crops. It's very simple. Just don't do it. Don't feed us weird stuff. Just don't do it. Very smart dog. (laughs) <laughs> incredibly that's, smart That's dog. all I need to say about that. <laughs> <laughs> so, so Hedwig, what advice in, in our first show would you like to pass on to your fellow canines? Well, you know, your biggest responsibility is keeping your staff in line. So, for example, <laughs> if you're fed dinner late, do not just accept the food. You should eat the food. Don't be ridiculous. But then you should probably stand around while your human is trying to do something stupid on the annoying clicking box and bark for about an hour. It's incredibly effective. He will not feed you late again. I am not convinced that I don't actually own Pomeranians. (laughs) So (laughs) I need to check some things out. Do you have? Are, well, are they Hedwig, small I, I I actually thought I had French bulldogs, but they sound very similar to you. <laughs> yeah, very well, similar. they are similar, yes. But remember that they look like little smash face Ewoks, whereas I <laughs> look sort of like a psychotic fox. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, then there's that. <laughs> I think okay. it's quite easy to differentiate. You're right. Us, you are really. very... Yes. <laughs> so we um, we hope we will get our listeners to start 
um, submitting questions to Hedwig because, as you all can see, she's she's a brilliant little Pomeranian with a lot to say. I am just so excited to be a part of this enterprise and to reach out to people so that we can all learn together about critters. I do love critters, especially Swedish fish. Will we have a show on Swedish fish? Yes, we will. Swedish fish, you mean the ones you eat? They're delicious. Yeah, the little candy ones. Tigger hasn't been trick-or-treating in a long time, right? Right. (laughs) I just ate some this morning. (laughs) You know, you can purchase them at stores, Tigger. You don't have to go take them from children. (laughs) (laughs) Oh. Well, Hedwig, thank you very much. We are thrilled that to have such a intelligent, brilliant Pomeranian um, as part of the show. And we look forward to having you on the next show and going through some questions from some of your listeners. Um, you can leave a question for Hedwig on our Facebook page, which is Healthy Critters Radio um, on Facebook. Can they leave it on, on my Facebook page, too? Because I have one. It's called <laughs> oh, Ask Hedwig. That's right. There is an Ask Hedwig Facebook page, and you can leave her a question there as well. Perfect. Excellent. Well, that's multiple avenues to reach me. It should be sufficient. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I know you're looking forward to all the fan mail. Yes, I am. I like to reach out and really stay in contact with my followers. And now we're going to take a moment to talk about our sponsor, sponsor Biostar US. So this is the company I was referring to that Tigger had started um, when I had come back to Virginia. And it is a products that I very much love using myself. Tigger has constantly amazed me on her knowledge on how to take a simple food and and help a horse heal or a dog heal or even humans. And it's just an, it's a great company. Well, thanks, Patty. I, I, I think Biostar's real place in the supplement world is that we offer an alternative to all the other supplements that are out there because because Biostar supplements are 100% whole food. Right. They're non-GMO. They're organic. And it it's more of a philosophy of feeding like our grandfathers used to feed, which was mm-hmm. with real food, not with processed food. Right. So... That's one thing that makes Biostar very different, and it, it's also much so much better for the horses to actually eat real food. Well, and you know, with so many people wanting to get away from GMOs and vaccinations and just all the crap that 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 is of ease to us today, uh, it is such a terrific alternative. And myself. Uh, have seen such amazing results from all the different products, but um, it's just a great, it's a great alternative for somebody who wants to keep it simple and easier. And it's really not a harder way to feed your horse by doing this. And that is always the biggest myth. So it's like you said, it's, it's just a great, perfect supplement and alternative for um, feeding your horse properly. And, you know, people think that, um, that Biostar is somehow like revolutionary and it really isn't. I mean, food has been medicine for thousands of years and, 
And I consider my role is really that I have done, I've spent years and years and years in research on food and how it works. And so I feel like I've just done work that, you know, makes it easier for the horse owner or the dog owner not to have to slug through pages and pages and hours and hours of, you know, learning about what pumpkin seeds can do. Well, I think that's so I just what's so, to make it easy. <laughs> right. And you, and you have, and the thing that's so interesting about everything is like when I've told you before, when you send out the newsletters and I read all the stuff, I'm like, dang, she's smart. I mean, th- this is like, I mean, oh, and, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, but well, I don't know, <laughs> but it's just, it's always so interesting to me, the different levels of what you can do and, and how you can com- combine foods and it, it's, um, you're making it sound like it's very simple. And I mean, I know there's parts, it's, it's simple to feed, but there's a lot, there's a lot of your time at your blood, sweat and tears that goes into it. It's, it's, an, uh, actually it's the love of my life. Yeah. That, well, that shows. That definitely shows. Because the big thing for me, what's always a wonderful selling point, is if I have a new client, and now that I'm in Texas, and, you're, and you and I aren't right around the corner from each other, I can always say, you know what, just email Tigger. And they're like, okay, well, who's Tigger? I'm like, she's the owner of the company. And they're like, wait, what? And, and they're like, and she's going to email me back? I'm like, yeah. <laughs> and the thing is, you better do what she says, because she's going to check up on it. So, I mean, that's... That's not a bad gig to have the owner of the company doing that back to you. So there's a lot of there's a lot of that you know your passion shows through in your commitment to making each horse better. Well, it, it's taking care of the horse from my end is the most important thing that we do, and part of taking care of the horse is taking care of the human owns the horse or rides the horse or trains the horse. Right. And that means a customer service level that is second to none. Oh, and, and it I, also yeah, means absolutely. products that are literally artisan made, handmade. Yeah. You know, and we make them all in Gordonsville, Virginia. And you make it sound like it's little people. <laughs> like little people <laughs> the in the kitchen. The keeper <laughs> elves. Actually no, we, that- <laughs> we hired them. Yeah, they're in, we they're pay in them better than Keebler does. <laughs> <laughs> well, Tig, it uh, it definitely shows in the products and the customer service and just the result in the horses. And you're always coming up with new things. And Tigger, what is the website? The website is www.biostaruf.com. So I'd like to introduce our guest for this segment, and it's. Janie Schrader Ober, who is a, a delightful friend of Patty and myself. She's the wife of the USC T vet, Dr. Tim Ober. Um, Patty and I have known Janie for um, quite a while now. And Janie runs the, the layup facility and retirement facility at Oak Hill Farm in Gordonsville, Virginia. This is a facility that she and her husband own and run. And we're so excited to have her because her knowledge of rehabbing and bringing horses back from layup is second to none. We're here with, with Janie Schrader-Ober. She's the manager for Ober Vet and Consulting in Gordonsville, Virginia, and they are a retirement and rehabilitation facility. How are you doing, Janie? Fine, thank you. Good to have you here. Thank you for having me. So how many how many horses do you all rehab 
um, you know, during the spring and summer and fall? Well, we have 19 stalls, so I can fill all or hopefully all uh, during the summer. We have um, our program is set up. Uh, we primarily take horses that need to use our Artemis laser, and that laser program is eight weeks. So I have a little bit of a revolving door, and I would say on average, uh, somewhere between 20 and 30 a summer come for some portion of the summer, um, some kind of care. Is it just specifically like a certain discipline that you do of horses, or um, do you do like dressage, everything? Well, we primarily have jumper clients within mm -hmm. uh, Dr. Ober's practice, and so the practice kind of funnels the rehab horses to us, and um, his, the focus of the practice primarily show jumpers, but we do have some hunters and some dressage horses. Okay. okay. So what, what are some of the helpful modalities that, um, especially for soft tissue injuries, you mentioned the laser. Yeah. I know it's a specific laser. Can you tell us about that? Uh, the specific laser that we have is called the Artemis laser. And it is a high energy laser therapy, a hot laser. And um, that laser application is done in a three phase process. And the levels of energy that the laser puts out are uh, specifically for the certain type of injury. So if it's a little more superficial or if it's a little deeper into the, the structure, um, all kind of different levels for treating those injuries and different settings, even for the very acute phases of injury and then more of the maintenance and repair uh, phase of a problem. Let's say you just had a strain or something that looks like um, fibers are a little weakened, but you don't have a true core lesion. Um, so we right. have a lot of options with the laser for treatment um, for various different different injuries who, but we also who does use, that who does that um, like we, we have to do the laser a, who doesn't we have a specified technician who um, okay. who does the laser therapy but i think kind of with any practice like ours um everybody knows how to use the laser right. i probably have three or four different people um uh, one or two employees in the rehab business itself and then uh uh technician from Tim who would do the primary laser therapy. Right. Okay. All right. Are there other modalities that um, you all use or that you would recommend um, for soft tissue? Yeah, we use um, a therapeutic ultrasound, which has been around for a long time. Um, yeah, I've used we that. use shockwave. Yeah, we use shockwave therapy, which has also been around for a long time. Um, we use a machine that is called an Ionicare machine, and it's Bionicare for the human form of the machine, but it goes on and it uses a 9-volt battery, and it's a small electric current, a little bit like a TINS unit, but slightly different. And, you know, there are some injuries that really respond well to that unit. The horses wear it for about two hours, and uh, the battery pack goes on a thirsting goal, and you just kind of put a polo bandage over top of the pad that has two kind of cord transistors. And um, that's really successful for some injuries. It's a really great maintenance 
Um, does that go, have to go over the area that's injured? Yes, it does. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. And uh, we use a small little handheld plugs into the wall. It's called a rapid release therapy machine. And it looks like about the size of a set of sheep shears. It has a small, maybe quarter size head on it that's flat. And it vibrates at a frequency that promotes uh, tissue regeneration. Um, And so you can apply that uh, modality. It's about a two-minute treatment. It's pretty quick, pretty easy. And um, we use that in conjunction with the laser, with Shockwave. We use that a ton. Um, And we also use a, a machine called a functional electric stimulation machine. And it's been developed by... Um, a doctor whose her her basis was in human medicine first, and she is a rider. And this machine uh, also works on kind of a battery frequency, but it's been great for us for uh, helping after the acute phase of injury, and it strengthens muscle groups around specific injury sites. And oh, we wow. find it really, really helpful for the back kind of mid-back mm-hmm. and lower back, you can do a neck treatment. And it, when you have horses that have an injury that creates some asymmetry in the muscle, but they're not quite ready to go back to the full impact work that you could do to kind of gain muscle in one area. And I know there's a lot of different schools of thought and training about overtraining underdeveloped sides. Like let's say you only work to the right for so many weeks or whatever Right. That's not right, really right, right. part of our program to ever work in a in an in an unbalanced way. So the FES, short for uh, functional electric stimulation, that gives you the opportunity to contract and relax those muscles standing in the stall, and you can build muscle symmetry without the impact of work, and you can actually. That's amazing. Um, with a hind, yeah, with amazing. suspensory injuries, you can see the suspensory <laughs> contract and and let go um, in the stall while they're standing, and there's no impact wow. whatsoever. So we we've had a, a enormous amount of success with that machine. Um, oh, that's and, amazing. You know, at the end of the day, all of those things in conjunction with a really good work program, um, you know, we've We've had some pretty, pretty good success. <laughs> Where, you know, diet and nutrition fall into um, assisting the body in healing? Well, I think that's really step one for us. Um, you know, the goal is proper healing, and it can't happen without balanced nutrients in the body. And right. I think one thing that people run into with the processed food is sugars are a cause of imbalance of nutrition. And... Dr. Ober's main, the focus would be on the overall well-being of the horse. Nutrition is a big part of that. And then as you move from nutrition to work program to kind of bring a horse back from an acute injury, uh, we can use a whole food diet to minimize sugars, minimize starches. That helps us keep a horse happier in the stall that's a little more confined than than it would be generally. you know, I think it does a lot for us to be able to maintain, let's say, a horse that's maybe on the 
the thinner side of their normal um, body condition because we can keep them a little thinner and a little fitter on this on this diet. And I think it, it goes, it's the first step for us. It's the first thing I do when a horse comes in is do a body assessment and often call Tigger when I'm totally stumped. Right. What do I do here? Where can I go from here? <laughs> Help. Um, and that phone call used to come with every horse that came to the farm, but now it's probably... Uh, every fifth horse that comes in, I feel like I need a little help with. So I've learned a lot. She makes everything up, right? (laughs) (laughs) That's okay. (laughs) So Janie, what are some of the, still makes you feel good. Yeah. What are some of the components of your, the whole food diet that, that you guys use? Uh, We start everybody with the beet pulp and alfalfa pellets, whole flaxseed. And then we move from there. Um, I can use oats and barley, um, a ground coconut product that's uh, called Cool Stance uh, mm-hmm. from Stance Equine. If I need to add some calories but not add um, kind of the heat that comes sometimes with adding some calories. Um, for horses that are a little metabolic, I tend to back off on the cool stance. I've just had a couple instances where those horses didn't do as well when they needed to gain some weight if they were having some metabolic issues. And so you can use rice bran, hemp oil. Um, you know, I'm willing to do whatever it takes. I, I used to have the horses in my program a little bit longer before we had the laser. So I could really investigate how subtle changes in the diet were really effective and now mm. when I have a horse that comes and it's, they're only taking eight weeks from its show schedule for the laser because truly it doesn't have an acute injury, but it just has something that's a little bit nagging that needs to get better. I don't often get the opportunity to take that horse off of its show diet. And that to me is where I feel a little bit restricted in my program because in the past I would have immediately put them on my diet and, you know, they would have been here for four or five months and I had all this time and, you know, I could turn the owners into a believer, but when you only have eight weeks, it's really difficult, um, to get someone to kind of change their, their way of thinking, especially if the horse comes from a program of let's say 20 in a, in a barn that's actively traveling. Yeah. Right. Well, it does take time too for the horses to show the difference. Sure. When you switch them over to whole food. Absolutely. We see ton of, um, horses that I'll think after they've been with me for a month, this horse is odd. You know, it just has some strange habits in the stall, um, which always prompts me then to draw blood to figure out, is this horse kind of a closet metabolic horse? And no one's really taken the time to, to see that. And the answer is nine times out of 10. Yes. (laughs) I think the whole food diet allows their blood levels to kind of normalized to where they naturally are. And I think just with humans, you could have, you know, the best diet in the world, but if you have a chemical imbalance in your body, you have some kind of metabolic problem. You're not going to solve that with your diet. So with diet and treating those, you know, horses that have some metabolic syndrome tendencies, let's say, um, that's, you know, that's a great first step for us. Right. 
When you guys start legging the horses back up, do you do you vary your surfaces? Do you go for you know more of a softer surface or a harder surface? Or if somebody is you know rehabbing their own horse from a suspensory injury, what do you recommend in terms of the kind of surface to leg up? I think the first part, the first answer to that question is maybe answering uh, a question that you that didn't get asked first. Um, Dr. Ober is not a big proponent of stall rest, like total confined mm-hmm. stall rest. Right. Um, so we are as soon as possible moving those horses around, even if it's just out of the stall for 10 minutes of eating grass at the end of the barn aisle. Um, yeah. It's, it's still, you gain so much just from the action of head down eating. I think you Mm -hmm. stretch those Mm -hmm. muscles of the neck and muscles of the back and the horse gets to see something a little bit different. And then as you slowly go back to work, your transition from laid up horse to a horse that's back walking, let's say just walking under tack is that transitions way easier if they haven't truly been confined to their stall for two months. Well, it helps their mind too. Absolutely. Our process generally is uh, hand walking first. Um, and then through the hand walking process, we start to vary the surfaces because proprioception is really important for these horses to develop uh, their muscle strength again in soft ground on hard ground. And I'm talking about mm-hmm. the difference right. between our prepared ring surface and let's say the grass areas around the farm and the driveway. Right. So I've not included any, any incline decline work there, just varying just the varying, surface of where they get the hand the walk. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then, then we go to uh, walking under tack a little bit, the same, same mindset. Let's vary the surface a little bit. And then depending on the injury, uh, soft tissue or bone or, what your problem is, then you would start doing the bulk of your exercise in on a certain type of footing. Our, we have a, a bluestone arena that's um, watered and drug every day. And for, for us, it's a really great surface for most injuries to come back from. I also have a, a really nice grass riding field that gives me a second option when we start to get either a little bored of going around the ring or it's time to, to again, develop that increased proprioception by doing some, some work on a different footing. And then, you know, we, we micromanage the work up to, you know, 20 minutes of walking, two minutes of trotting each direction. Then that goes up from two minutes. You know, you add canner in when it's appropriate and, and things are done really incrementally so that you can see through keeping track of your work log that way, what makes the biggest difference? Do they always take a step back when you increase the canner? Do they take a step back for, let's say, a couple of days, but then they take a big leap because Uh you're asking bigger questions of more muscle groups and things like that? So um, you get a little bit of a feel for it when you ride those types of horses all the time, when you can push and when you should back off. But it's a really... I think a really injury specific kind of thing. And I think that's one thing that Dr. Ober is really great um, at doing is giving a work plan and then asking for feedback from the trainer and the rider and the barn manager and the owner, you know, is this working? Because the same program isn't going to work for every single horse. 
Well, it sounds like you tried to, as best you can, is keep the horses in a work-like atmosphere, what they're Absolutely. best do, what they know they're supposed to do, and um, keep that going so they don't feel that they're out of their normal program, which obviously makes it safer getting them back into real work from the standpoint of fitness, but also their mental part of it, because it's always hard. What do you do to keep them happy when they're confined during layup? For sure. Uh, the a diet with no sugar is step one in that process because they don't run laps around the stall if they don't have yep. to excess energy. Um, and, you know, we do, we, we put horses, uh, you know, in long lines on the lunge line. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we have been using a, I hate to keep like plugging products, but we've been using great products from Equicore Concepts called Equiband. And it is a saddle pad that you can use either under saddle or with a surcingle if you want to work on long lines or on the lunge line. And it has uh, some resistance bands. And one band goes kind of like the rear band of the Pessoa does um, above the hawk. And the other band goes underneath oh, wow. the belly. And it oh. is, it's incredible. And we we'll even again, hand walk uh, Equacore Concepts is the name of the company and the product cool. is the Equaban. And they have a great website. Okay. You can order it right off the website. It's really, I think, uh, cost effective. I think it's about $250. It's, I mean, it's a wow. great, it's a great tool and we use it. Um, we have a horse now that's been in the stall and she's, she needs to start doing some work and she, you know, she's lost all of her top lines. So when she gets hand walked twice a day, we put this on her and it has made the biggest difference. That is amazing. Wow. Um, That's and amazing. It, does, it encourages a horse to engage its abdominal muscles and lift its back in a way that's really natural for them and in a way where the rider's aid isn't either doing all the work or interfering with what the horse wants to naturally do and i think that that's really important Uh, the same with humans if you have no core strength you know you're gonna fall apart and it's it's great we've worked these horses uh, full flat work in in the equiband and everyone that sees it says oh my gosh are they gonna buck and really the horses it's almost a relief for them to get that support especially in their abdominal area i've not had one horse that that resisted the at all either band really and i've had some horses that go better in one band and not the other i think definitely just like the pessoa rig or anything you do you're not going to be able to do the same thing with every single horse but yeah right as a tool as another rehab tool to get these horses a little bit stronger um is it's we've been really really happy with it well, this has been great, Janie, and I, I just wanted to mention on top of all these horses that you take care of, and Dr. Ober as well, um, the fact that you have launched a separate business making these beautiful handmade pillows, Schrader leather. Can you just talk Thank a you. few minutes about that? They sure. are sensational. I, um, I was an art major in college, and... I had never done anything with leather. And after, I guess, seven years now in the rehab business, I thought, it's time to put the art degree to use. And what would I like to do? 
And the two things when I'm shopping, of course, that I'm always drawn to were metal and leather. And I guess that comes from the lifelong horse uh, preoccupation. So I thought, well, it's time to learn how to work with leather. And so I went to Oregon and I've taken a couple classes and bought a leather sewing machine and pillows seem like an easy place to start. Yeah. So I have a little uh, catalog now of, of completed pillows and... Um, yeah, it's very, in, in businesses in its very early stages, but hopefully, uh, will grow, especially over this winter. So, well, well and Janie, um, know, Tigger told me that we actually get a free pillow for doing this interview. Is that right? Oh, she did. Yeah. I was probably <laughs> going to get the one she already bought for me. So that's super. <laughs> but I, I just wanted to clear how, that up. How important I think it is, you know, when you're, working with horses, whether you're a rider or you're rehabbing them or you're a vet or a nutritionist or whatever you do, that you have another creative outlet. Because I think that is so much more balanced. It's a very good point. Yep. It's a very good point. I think you are able, for me, when my mind goes and solves, let's say, a a design problem, I'm, I'm in a mode that I can more easily solve another type of problem and, or, or just kind of spin the wheel on what's next for this course. Um, where do I want to go from here? How do I feel about pushing this course to do something else? And I just, I'm not always on the same wheel of thought. Mm -hmm. So kind of being on more than one wheel really helps me, um, with the other wheel, kind of step back from it. Well, Well, Jamie, thank you so much for coming on our inaugural show. Thank you. Yes, thank, thank you, you Jamie. I'm so excited about my pillow. <laughs> <laughs> and, and is there a website for your pillow that we can let listeners know yeah, we'll where to find them? Yes, you can find us on the web and Facebook and Instagram at SchraderLeatherLLC.com. And now it's time for the breed of the show. Our dog breed of the show is the French Bulldog which Patty will be talking about because she is absolutely in love with Frenchies. And have been for a long time, as you know. I, um, I do know. <laughs> and you, yeah. I remember um, when you lusted after them. I know. I, it, it, well, as I have many dog breeds, but I have to tell you, uh, Digger, as you know, I have had many, as have you. I have always liked, and I'm not a real small dog fan, but these are, these truly are big dogs and little dog suits. And they are, they're tenacious, they're adorable, they have just the most adorable personalities. And a lot of people call them kind of like clown dogs. But the, the two distinct features of them is they're, they have like bat-like ears and, um, a half dome skull, which if you, and they're sort of smushed face dogs, as I believe um, Hedwig has pointed out, but they, um, they are AKC recognized. Um, they're, they're really quite affectionate, but also can be a, a good alert dog. And Ray, my son, Ray loves uh, my two little Frenchies because he can really get down and dirty with them, really play around with them. And, you know, and they, they can, they can tolerate a lot of activity. One of the downfalls uh, is they um, they don't do great in heat because their nose is a little squished in, but um, they are really 
very adaptable. I living in Houston was very concerned about having them out and uh, in the barn with me, and they really have adapted quite well. You have to just keep your eye on them. Uh, there really is nothing negative to them except for this one slight little problem of <clears throat> flatulence. And Tigger, I've worked on that word all day because all I wanted to say was they're large farters. And that's not a bad word. I'm just saying farting is not a bad word. They are big farters. So what I did in preparation to read about this, and also when I went to purchase them, because there's other issues. They can have skin issues, blah, 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 blah. Well, a lot of it's food-related, which I thought was kind of an interesting point to all of this. And the more of a raw diet you can feed them, the better they are. You want to stick away or stay away from, like, wheat. Um, wheat is a big <laughs> flatulence causer. Um, corn and fillers can also be... Um, farting problems with the dogs, but they, it also can affect their skin. But having said all of that, what I think I find the most endearing about them is the way they look at you. They have big, very round eyes and they, they just are adorable, little tenacious lap warmers. So it was a big, you know, I have, I have read a very interesting theory on dog eyes. What? That dog breeds, Certain breeds have been developed so that the eye is really big. Right. Because the human is drawn to a big eye. It's like being drawn to a baby. I had read that article, too. <laughs> I and, thought that was so interesting. Well, it, it is interesting. And, you know, they, but, and I have heard, and I think maybe it was in the same article, but they talk about that the larger the eyes of the dog, it may appear more puppy-like throughout their, their lifespan. Yeah, their life, yep. Yeah. So it's kind of interesting, but they, I, the one I have, the smaller of the two, uh, he just looks at me and just melts me. I mean, they're just, they're just adorable dogs and they love being with you. Uh, you know, but you know, occasionally you got to roll down the window in the car if you know what I'm saying. <laughs> Especially so what do you feed them? Well, I've been playing around a little bit, uh, with what I've been feeding. I was feeding a, um, a food out of Canada that literally looks like cat food, but it is a very controlled um, uh, company. It, uh, the problem is, is that if you're busy and you're running around like I am, it's very hard to go pick that up. So I've been trying to go to a little bit more of uh, something that's more readily available in grocery stores, or you know, which would be kind of raw foods and whatever. But I found that they're also, they also don't do great with chicken. So um, I, I try to feed grain free is the biggest thing. And I, and I just don't let them have any corn or wheat in it. So it just depends. I'm kind of in between right now. Cause the one, my one isn't as bad. Uh, the larger one, Angus, uh, is not as bad as the, uh, the smaller one. I think it's cause it's a shorter distance from his mouth to his rear end. <laughs> He's like, let me pump these puppies out. If you know what I'm saying, I, it didn't clear a room, but, um, so I'm just trying to say as basic as raw as possible. There's a you can get these, and I think you can get this actually at least in the stores here. There's this a roll of raw food, and I can't remember the name of the company, which is Smart it's, Pet. It's, or, yes, or, yes, yeah, yeah. Is that what it is? But anyway, you just can cut it up and you can feed them, and that literally is probably the best thing to give them. The other issue is I was doing uh, Nature's Kitchen for a while, which is a freeze dried food, which is great, yeah. but because of their noses they would <laughs> they would suck it in their nose. And so they would end up having a little sneezing farting thing going on all at once. So I steered away from that. But that was hard because literally, because their noses were so close, they couldn't, the food, you'd have to wet it and it became like a mash. And they, they did well on it health-wise, but I was so afraid that they were going to suffocate. So 
feeding became a little bit of a, a, a little scary time. So I, I went back to more of a kibble, which is, is not, you know, the best thing if you can get the raw food that really tends to be the best diet. You know, chicken is a very common allergen in dogs. I didn't of, realize of many that. Breeds. Yeah. yeah, I did not realize that until I, I really looked into this for them. And like I said, the, the older one I have doesn't have any skin issues at all. The younger one, like I said, shorter distance, but he also tends to have occasionally a little skin allergy. <laughs> and somebody said that they thought it was um, mainly because of the corn. Or excuse me, chicken. Chicken. And corn. I, I think it has a lot to do with what the chickens are eating. Because yeah. most of the chicken in dog food is not organic. Right. So those chickens are eating the wheat, the yeah. corn, the grains. And you know, that's a really good point. You know, that's an excellent, and, yeah, that's an excellent point. Because people don't think of that. They don't think about, they say, okay, you know, I want it to be all the top, you know, the five ingredients should be all, you know, meats and all that stuff. But they don't consider what the meat has eaten. Exactly. You know, and the trickle down effect. And that really is becoming a big deal even in our own diets. But um, that is a very big, 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 big thing that people don't think about. And it's also true of in horses because Absolutely. how something is grown yeah. really is important. Yeah. Yeah. That's an excellent, again, it's, a, it's, a, it's the trickle down effect. Yeah. You know, but yeah. may I make a suggestion that with your, especially the one Frenchie, with the egg. I mean, the uh, chicken allergy, zinc, mm-hmm. and the skin issues, I would really recommend putting that dog on bovine colostrum because you that know, will th- regulate yeah, okay. the immune system. That's a good idea. I just so it won't that. go into hyperdrive. Okay. And that's what it does when you get skin allergies is that, that the immune system is overstimulated. Right. I will do that. That is an awesome suggestion. This show's Nutrition Corner is about hemp for horses. And I always say it's not just for smoking anymore. Um, I say that not only to elicit a laugh, but because of the tremendous history of hemp, both as a, as a food, as a, a, a fiber product for paper goods. Obviously, you know, for centuries it was used for sales. And actually artists in the Renaissance, the word canvas comes from cannabis. So what they painted on was hemp. The hemp that um, I like to talk about is um, has no THC. It's known as industrial hemp. Uh, Canada is one of the biggest producers in the world of um, of industrial hemp. This plant is one of the highest sources of protein. It the plant averages forty to fifty percent protein. It includes all the essential amino acids and the branch chain amino acids. So this is important because horses that need to build muscle, this is an excellent, excellent protein source for building muscle because it it contains the branched chain amino acids. But there's another component to hemp that is very beneficial to horses, and that is the omega. Hemp contains omega-3, omega-6, and omega-9. The best way to get the omegas from hemp is in the oil form. And, and what they do in Canada, uh, I'll speak specifically about the company that we work with, is that they cold press the oil. That means it's not heated, it's not processed, and there's no solvent extraction. Typical oils like corn and soy and vegetable, 
air heat processed with a neurotoxin called hexane. That's the solvent they use. Well, a cold-pressed oil, like a like a, an olive oil, a virgin olive oil, these oils are never subjected to heat because heat destroys the nutrients. They are cold-pressed. So the nutrients are still there, and that maintains the integrity of the omega. Now, there's another component to hemp seed oil that makes it really unique, and that is something called gamma-linoleic acid, also known as GLA. And GLA is a really, really interesting nutrient because when the body takes in GLA, it uses it to regulate these hormone-like substances called prostaglandins. The inflammatory process in the body, particularly in the gut, is regulated by these prostaglandins. And if you ever, you know, for all the ladies out there, if you ever had PMS and had the bloating and the swelling and the cramping, that's the prostaglandins run amok. So there are two prostaglandins. Prostaglandin 2 is the pro-inflammatory prostaglandin. Prostaglandin 1 is the anti-inflammatory. And ideally, they just sort of neutral, uh, neutralize and balance each other. But when prostaglandin 2 is elevated, that's where you get increased inflammation. In horses, where this manifests is in the GI tract, and for a lot of horses, specifically in the hindgut. What GLA does, the body takes in GLA and uses it to bring down the levels of prostaglandin 2, so it brings down the inflammation, and raises prostaglandin 1, the anti-inflammatory prostaglandin. So this makes hemp oil one of the most unique oils available. The omega-3, 6, and 9, the GLA, and it also contains vitamin E. It's not a lot of vitamin E, but it's enough of that antioxidant to support the body system at large. So I think hemp protein, when you want to build muscle, hemp oil, when you want to reduce inflammation, when you want to support omega-3, 6, and 9. And we use, at Biostar, we use a lot of what are called hemp fine. That's the protein and the seed and the shell, and it's all mixed together. So it gives you a nice balance of, you know, 30% protein, very high fiber, and and the omegas and vitamin E, and a little bit of GLA. The GLA is much more concentrated in the oil. So hemp, it's not just for smoking, and it's a great, great addition or supplement to a horse's diet. And here we are at Coffee Clatch. We're talking about animal rescues. There's been that horrific story in the news um, right up the road, really, from me um, in Orange County. The woman that um, has been accused of starving, what is it, 80 horses? Yeah, I think I mean, horses. Some, I mean, there's, there was up to 100 horses on the property that had been um, definitely malnourished on different levels, from what I understand. And then dead dead cats and dead dogs yeah. and um, it, it, dead it's horses. A, a travesty of, um, of abuse and neglect. But you have a personal connection I do. Um, to um, this story. 
I do. When um, going right before I moved to Texas, uh, the woman had brought me Aloha, who has brought a lot of attention to this, which was uh, a Lipizzaner stallion. He was very famous and owned by a gal named Jean Thornton that uh, this woman who starved the horses had begged to buy this horse and promised him sort of a lush happy, retiring life. I think Jean was aware that she wanted to ride him and do some Grand Prix stuff on him. So they sent him to me to kind of get him back in shape, which at that point he was an, he was an older gentleman, but very much liked to work. And he was a farm favorite. He was sweet, easygoing. You didn't even know he was a stallion. Uh, just easy, wonderful guy. And the whole story, when it broke, I got an uh, email from the original owner and it was, you know, it's been pretty devastating. I mean, just un- it, having a personal touch in this has made it really hard. It's affected a lot of people, uh, people that, uh, you know, knew the horse from the barn and people that knew that he was at my barn, which has led into all different things. But one thing that you and I had been talking about is that they are trying to do a GoFundMe. And I'm going to read to you what it says because it's it, and then preface it by why. Um, but the fund is being established hopefully will be established to be able to achieve legal protection for for all animals from devastating effects of being cared for by someone who has been convicting of starving animals to death. So basically, this woman had been in another location prior to coming to Virginia, and there had been some question as her ability to take horses, care of horses then. So if she were to get out, obviously, this is not a well woman, and the whole goal would be to not let her have animals again. Hence this, this particular act. So, which, you know. which, you know, I, and I hope that, that this understanding, if she is convicted, what this act would do would be really protect all animals from, you know, being unfortunately, uh, under the, the, the cruel, um, manifestations of this very, very mentally ill woman. Yes. And um, it's not fair to the animals. But no. there are a lot of great rescues out there. And we, there we are. need to to make sure that, you know, not all rescues um, have such terrible outcomes. Uh, there are some fantastic rescues all over the country. I, I love Danny and Ron's, mm. you know, well, for, and, and- for the dogs. The thing the preface, too, takes is that many of those wonderful rescues showed up at this one. And that was really quite, quite amazing. I mean, they came from Mm -hmm. Maryland, they came Mm -hmm. from Virginia, and they took on these horses. And, you know, I'm sure most people in the horse community have seen the pictures and have been as horrified as as all of us have been. But to see the rescues step up to, Mm -hmm. to that degree, it you know, I, I hope people are supporting them and will continue to support them because right. there, there was an outpouring to begin with, which is which is gratifying and wonderful to see. Sure. But two or three months from now, it's going to be when they winter. Still, yeah, they still yeah, need to feed they, them. And that's an excellent still, Exactly. So we need to keep supporting these rescues. Yes. And because they do the good ones, they are, they really are, you know, angels and saints. I yeah, think. and... And this GoFundMe, I believe, is called the Conversano to Aloha to Equine Act. And I think you can go on Facebook and probably type that in and find it. And it is from Gene Thornton, um, who was the original owner and had him. Um, and you can do, if you go on her webpage, or excuse me, her Facebook page, you can see all sorts of 
uh, wonderful things that that Aloha, or we used to call him Lou, would do. He would lay down for elderly people to come over and pet him. And was really he was just, he was just. I mean, not that any animal isn't always special, but this one had had a great history and was really very famous. We need to keep supporting the rescues, and you know, I think we all need to be very mindful when we drive past a farm of the conditions of the animals we mm-hmm. see, whether they're cattle or chickens or llamas or horses anything um and, and if you're and suspicious we, you call you know proactive. that's yeah that's the big thing if there's any suspicious you call if you, you think yeah. that something doesn't look right you you know that's why they're there for for the exactly. you know so yep so everybody check that out and i'll have another cup of coffee <laughs> me too <laughs> Patty can be found at www.peruchidressage.com and on Facebook at Perucci Dressage. Biostar links are www.biostarus.com and on Facebook, Biostar US. Get the Horse Radio Network phone app on iOS or Android by searching for Horse Radio Network in the App Store. It's free and it's easy to use. For details about today's show, go to www.healthycrittersradio.com where you can find links, photos, and more information about our guests. As always, we love your feedback. Please follow us on Facebook under Healthy Critters Radio. Be sure to visit all the great shows on Horse Radio Network at www.horseradionetwork.com. See you next time. Hug your dogs and love your horses. (laughs) 